On this episode of AV Week, we take a look at the XRing of the workplace, the impact the Ukraine crisis will have on the industry, and a new boss is headed up at Diversified. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 551, recorded Friday, March 11th, 2022. Embrace the future. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, First and foremost, Charmaine Tara. I can't roll my R's, so she has to do it for me. Charmaine Tara. Hi, Tim. How are you? You can say Tarella, though. Uh, also with us is Amelia Coleman. Amelia is a futurist. She's also the host of our uh, show, XR Star. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you. Great to be here. And uh, Mr. John Day. John is from AV Hero, out west from me uh, in California. Welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. Good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you don't recognize the uh, the accent in Amelia's voice, that's because she lives in the UK. Uh, and for those of you that live in the UK, that was kind of a joke. She is not originally from there, but that is where she lives now. Um, and last time I saw her in real life, we got to go to a wonderful Indian restaurant. So it was fantastic. So thank you. It was great. Yeah. So a couple things going down the pipeline. We'll we'll hit those. We'll hit the stories uh, first in in a second. Um, we're trying some new things. Uh, we're uh, Aviation's in the process of moving. Um, spaces and offices, and so right now I am in my, my CTI office recording. Uh, we're trying some new backgrounds, some new audio, uh, so let us know what you think, uh, and blame Mitchell, the producer, if anything is wrong. So that's all I got to say about that. Uh, first story comes to us from our friends over at AV Network. Eric Hutto has been named the new CEO of Diversified. Uh, Fred Del Asandro, easy for me to say. Uh, goes to the uh, role of executive chairman after th- almost 30 years. Uh, Hado has it comes from um, the IT sector uh, and the technology sector, and it's going to be interesting to see kind of what he uh, brings to Diversified. And, and in, in case you know all of us kind of have, have lost track, Diversified is either number one or number two uh, integrator in the world uh, as far as revenue goes, ABISPL, uh, and them trading back and forth, both of them over a billion dollars at this point. Uh, Charmaine, we'll start with you. You've been uh, in the Northeast where both of these players uh, play play rather well. Um, what does this transition mean? What is the fact that Fred's stepping down after almost 30 years and bringing in somebody kind of f- from the outside of, of the AV? Well, it means a fresh start and a revamp that I think is very much needed, right? Because in the world of, like, for example, you know, Varix, we're celebrating our 75th year anniversary this year right so what we try to do and what we've been doing for the last couple of years is really bringing in new people new leadership to that didn't necessarily all together come from av to bring a new perspective and refresh a lot of processes and approaches so i think that's what it means for diversified this is an opportunity especially for the size that they are to have someone that comes from that side and can put more structure because one thing about IT organizations, 
they live by structure, right? They live by, they don't like, they like everything to seem together and sync together as much as it can possibly can. You know, sometimes they make the mistake of thinking you can do that with everything, which is not the case in AV, but a little more structure and a little more seam syncing doesn't hurt. So I think he has that, that's a good thing that he can help for the size that Diversified is, for how many companies they've acquired to help seam these business units together more seamlessly and have them more in sync, especially with their different, you know, core solution sets that they have. All right. John, before you, you started and founded um, uh, AV Hero, you were a part of, uh, directly a part of, of the integration uh, game, and you've been around both of these, you both, you know, diversified as well as Fred for a number of years. What does this transition mean? Yeah, Tim, you know, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for diversified, you know, as a, a competitor, as an outsider. Um, and I, I think that, you know, kind of piggybacking on what Charmaine mentioned, I think that one of the things that stood out to me was all the acquisitions that are taking place uh, across the industry and that the new CEO coming in, I would have to imagine the level of complexity uh, that it is bringing in these new companies and these new integrators and making everything work and CRMs and I mean, all that madness, right? So I saw that the new CEO uh, seems to have more of that background, right? With mergers, acquisitions, onboarding, integrating different business units. So I, I would have to imagine that that is part of the reason for the transition. Um, and again, like Charmaine said, she nailed it. You know, it's, it's great to get fresh eyes on a large company. I mean, congrats to Fred, what, 29 years? I mean, yeah. amazing story. I hope he writes a book one day, and maybe he already has, right? How to build that thing f from the ground up, um, but getting fresh eyes. I mean, the world is changing. The audiovisual world is rapidly changing. And so a new CEO to help recognize that and transition diversified, although you're big, it doesn't mean that you stay relevant. Right. And so oh, yeah. to continue to uh, make sure that they stay relevant and nimble and um, that really they keep a lot of the great people they've brought onto the team. They keep them on board as different companies integrate into one organization. Yeah. And they've, they've made a couple of changes. Uh, they just got a new uh, chief marketing officer uh, moving Anthony Coulier uh, up to executive vice president. Um, in charge of, of kind of global growth as well. So they've done some, some moves there as well. Uh, Amelia, bringing you on, on the last part of this, the, the IT part is kind of where I want you to, to start. You know, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, Amelia, like I said, is a, is a futurist. She takes a lot and, and, and does a lot uh, in, the, in the IT sector, in the technology sector. Talk for a second about bringing that part over to the AV industry and, and to this significant AV integrator. Yeah, I think... Um I mean, from that perspective, you know, I talk a lot about XR and the metaverse and the future of these technologies, and I'm seeing already how it's impacting the AV industry and they're merging. They are, they are part of each other. They're intrinsic. And, um, and kind of one of the things I, I absolutely agree with is that idea about staying relevant and keeping your eye on the future as well as obviously he's inherited a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of stuff that he's going to have to deal with and um, and work with. But, you know, we also have a bit of, um, you know, where when it comes to attracting new talent, you know, there is a bit of a talent crisis going on right now. And how do you retain the best people as well as attract the best people? And this new generation, Gen Z, are going to be 
um, or Gen Z, as they like to say over here, is um, is going to be entering the workforce in 2025. And that's three years away. And this is a, a whole generation that comes with a different set of skills and a different mindset. And when you know we're talking about the metaverse and all this kind of stuff, and it sounds a bit foreign, it sounds a bit futuristic, you know, to them, this is something that's already a part of their lives. They've grown up in games, they've grown up in these economies, digital assets, you know, so when, when we're talking about a digital um, overlay on top of the world, this is something that they're ready for, you know, and, um, and I think having that new fresh set of eyes looking towards the future, hopefully this is something he's taking into consideration um, about how to attract the next generation as well as retain the talent that he has now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it, it's interesting the the fact that you you took that to the 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 the, uh, the employment part because you're right. You know, it's you know you look at today's you know the most integrators, and I'll say you know, obviously say most because I don't know all of them, but most of them are having an issue. You know, not only you know getting new talent, but retaining the ones that are that are there because well, their competitor down the street is also having an issue. You know, getting talent. So there there there's a, there's a quite a bit of poaching. Uh, going on, uh, you know, not just here in the States, but but globally as well. Um, just going to say, it's also a reminder that we need to be investing in the next generation, you know, and, and making it known that there's opportunities in the AV industry and that it's a sexy industry to be in and there's lots of perks and there's opportunities for, for everyone in this, in this area. So, uh, Next story comes to us from AV Magazine. Electrosonic and Igloo are partnering together to give... Uh, immense uh, immersive experiences in the workplace uh, with Electrosonic um, and Igloo's uh, Igloo Visions shared immersive workspaces. Any organization can collaborate with new levels of immersion fitting rooms with AV equipment to create 360 degree experiences without the need for VR headsets. John, we're going to start with you. When it comes to bringing folks back to work and, and, and making it enticing and, and getting um, Gen Z, Gen Z, uh, you know, engage in the workplace, getting these folks back into the office. You know, when you look at, at things like this and partnerships like this, you know, what is kind of that next generation, that next iteration of making the the immersive or um, the uh, excellent AV experience uh, in the workplace? Yeah, I think that, you know, um, I think we need to embrace the future. And I know Amelia would agree with that, you know, um, you look at, <clears throat> we have a customer and uh, th it's been surprising to me. Their business is putting on hologram events around the world. And um, I mean, this is high-end stuff where a presenter like, I don't know, name a famous person, Sylvester Stallone, right? Whatever. He's going to do a motivational thing. Um, you know, rather than showing up and flying across the country or across the globe to be in a meeting, literally they're projecting a hologram of these people. It's literally interactive hmm. and the person where they're at can see the live audience to the point that they can, they can, you know, point at them and make, I, I mean, it's really amazing. And as we started working with them and we're just supporting their live events, um, our heroes are, um, to me, it was kind of like, Oh, this is something that's got a lot of money being poured into it. 
And um, so that's why it's happening, but really taking off and finding customers and, you know, actually going from a seed and startup to a, a you know, a company that's profitable, it just seemed a little far-fetched to me, right? Because, I mean, this is, but I, I speaking with them recently, they're, they're, they're opening up 30 new locations across the United States by June. And, and it's going to be these meeting spaces. So the concept of immersive is here. Right. And, and, and I think that we need to make sure we strike that balance between keeping the system simple, right? Cause it's like audiovisual wants to head in this direction of DIY to a degree, right? We don't want this overly comp, holy, what is happening here system. But at the same time, the technology behind that is, is amazing and is becoming quite complicated. So I think we need to embrace it, uh, make sure we don't blow away our, you know, the users and just, you know, like, like, you know, 3D, just what, whatever, um, because it's happening now and it's pretty exciting. I mean, um, it's surprising and exciting. Yeah. Amelia, I saw this story and immediately thought of you, um, not just because you were on this week, but, but the first, the first time I met Amelia, uh, her and I were, we were, we were judging a, a panel or judging some technology for AV magazine. Uh, and she is all about, you know, not just the immersive, but like she said, the XR and the, and the metaverse. Talk for a second about what you see when you see systems like this. So I actually had the privilege of experiencing one of these igloo setups um, quite recently. And what is amazing about it is that it just takes a regular meeting room. And then with a click of a button, all of a sudden you are in a 360 world. So it projects on all four walls and you can interact with it. You can either interact, you can interact with it through, um, through your own phone even. And what I love about it is you can think that there'll be people off site who might be joining them through a laptop or through a headset and they'll be able to see the 360 experience while this just lets people be inside the experience together. So I think that kind of headset free immersive experience is quite a cool thing. Um, Illuminarium's been doing it. I'd love to know more about the company that John's talking about. Um, Here, just down the street, they have been building a purpose-built kind of um, stadium thing next to the Olympic Park. Um, and it's for ABBA's holographic show. And they think this is going to be a big, huge tourist attraction that is going to, um, you know, attract people for years. It's a permanent place for this holographic show. So um, I think that's quite cool. I think um, I think it's important to remember, though, that when it comes to this immersive experience. And one of the reasons I love this igloo solution is because you can turn it on and you can turn it off. You're not committing to being inside something else forever in an immersive world. You know, there's times when this is really going to help you to do pitches or to showcase something, um, you know, things like, uh, I think it's Matterport where you can go inside, um, different real estate and have a look around and a walk around. I mean, it's incredible for stuff like that, but then you can turn it off and you're in a regular meeting room and you're, you know, you don't have to have that on all the time. And I think I really appreciate that. And, And did you say ABBA? Yeah, ABBA, they're back, baby. As, as it, no, they're not. No, no, they're not. No, <laughs> maybe in the UK they're back. Charmaine, uh, when you see this, what do you, where, where do you see this going in when you talk to your clients, or, or do you see this? Is this, is this a fad for you? 
I don't think it's a fad. I think it's the next level from what has already been there in the market to immersive or close to it. For example, there's a company called Art Media, A-R-H-T Media. Yep. You've heard of them. You know who they are. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've, I've witnessed them. They're they're part of the uh, the Almo E4 experience. At least they were, they were last year. Uh, I don't know if they've been yet this year. Yeah, and they do the holographic collaboration, holographically conferencing from one point to the other. And it's it's that's not immersive completely, but it's coming closer to that. And they're doing that with a lot of the top clients, all the top 100, 200 clients you can think of. They're doing like 45 sessions a year or more. So there is a place for this technology. I think the Igloo and Electrosonic uh, marriage is trying to bring it forward even further and make it more immersive into that space for a lot of these corporate clients because here's a main problem a lot of corporate clients are having. They're trying to bring people back into the work atmosphere, right, into the environment. And right in, you know, with COVID, how do you incentivize them? They got used to working from home. They got used to being in the comfort of the four walls of their living space. You have to create, you know, for your workers as well as your clients, some experience to, you know, broaden, you know, that excitement for coming in to my space and wanting to collaborate with me. And I think that's where this is going. It's helping to bring a different type of culture into the corporate environment where it's just not a stolid workspace and you're conferencing and you're putting on that headset, especially as Amelia alludes to um, from the beginning of this call, you know, you are trying to attract different demographics right now, right? For your work environment to work with you as a client. So this type of uh, innovation is gonna help do that, not only in helping you to recruit that talent, but also to recruit those uh, partners and investors and people in that demographic to draw them to your business more. So I think it's 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 a forward step. Now, how quickly it catches on is the question, right? Because anything new, you know, sometimes telepresence, when that first came out, took a little bit of time. And then telepresence kind of went through some shifts and changes. And now it's it's kind of not telepresence anymore, kind of, sort of. And now we're going on to holographic conferencing and now immersive conferencing. So, yeah, it's just how I just want to see how long it takes for this to start getting more traction. But I think it's the next forward step and it's going to take a little bit of time for corporate to catch on and even the AV industry to catch on as well. Absolutely. Uh, our next story comes to us from from Grave uh, Pubs and uh, by a gentleman by the name of Bob Snyder. I, I don't do this. Um, this is not. This is probably one of the more serious stories that I may have, have ever done. Uh, and it's about the war in Ukraine and, and Russia. And uh, Bob writes about how the war in Ukraine is impacting the industry. And this is not to be flip. Um, certainly, there are lives at stake, and certainly that there are, are people who are who have lost their lives, lost their property, lost a lot more than that. But there is a very real um, impact to the industry. Uh, I mentioned the fact that, that CTI uh, is a member of PSNI, which is a global uh, enterprise of interconnected uh, integrators. There is a PSNI member in the Ukraine, and they're actively right now, uh, as we're recording this, trying to get out of the country and, and make their way to Poland. That integrator will have to restart in Poland, is my understanding. Uh, certainly, at least for the time being, and, and, and we're not like, quite sure what to do. 
Um, actually, Mitchell, uh, let's get a. Uh, there's a there's a link uh, that Haley Klein from PSNI. They're trying to raise money uh, for the organization that's helping folks get out of out of the Ukraine. So we'll get that and we'll put a link on this episode's page. Um, but what Bob talks about is a, it's a handful of things. Uh, be, there is certainly loss of life, and there are certainly AV uh, compatriots that will you know be impacted by this. But there are three things that, that I want to uh, touch on here, and, and really we're going to start with you simply for the fact that you are the closest to it. Uh, being in the UK, you are in, in, in kind of in the back backyard there of, of Europe. One is obviously losing Ukraine and uh, Russia as markets, right? Not to be silly, but when you are in a war, there's not a whole lot of AV being put in, especially on the Ukraine side. But the Russia side as well, because you've got countries around the world, the United States is not the only one, uh, that have put sanctions on Russia. Uh, and so the manufacturers here in the States, the manufacturers abroad, have lost Russia as a market. In addition, uh, one of the sanctions is the fact that they have cut off Russia from the SWIFT process. If you're not familiar with SWIFT, you've probably never tried to uh, send money across uh, across borders. That is one of the systems that we use to send money here and there and everywhere. And Russia has been cut out of that. And what that means is that manufacturers can no longer uh, get money to Russia and Russia can't get money out of that. What that also means is that China suddenly becomes a winner in the AV market because China has not cut ties to Russia. In fact, suddenly uh, Russia, China becomes uh, the biggest supplier for AV inside Russia because they're one of the few companies, countries left that are still doing business there. So, Amelia, when you look at this, you know, what do you see as the, as the impact of this very serious, you know, very serious uh, um, battle, but also the impact that it has on an industry that, you know, we're, we're not small, but we're not the biggest one in the world. Yeah. Oh, it's such a heavy topic, you know, and um, and and it's hard to know what to say, you know. But again, for this particular topic, I think there are huge supply chain issues right at the moment. And I think this is going to really exasperate that. I know some clients who um, work in the audio sectors, then also, you know, the chips that are needed for smartphones, headphones, everything. Um, you know, they're already in a bed of a backlog already. And I see this exasperating that existing supply chain problem um, that that is already existing. Um I know that there is still one crypto market that is that has decided to stay in Russia and it's and it's I got a press release about it the other day and it says, you know, everybody else is pulling out but you know there are still people there and a lot of Russians don't support the war or they don't even know the extent of what is going on because of the media there and um and I think that is really interesting, um, you know, especially with like Joe Biden's thing about crypto this week, too. You know, there's lots of news around that. And this really kind of publicizes it in a political way that uh, we haven't seen before. And um, yeah, and I, I don't quite know what to say about China either. I think that has yet to be seen the part that they are going to be playing in the role of all this. I think that's about as much as I can say, except just that my heart really goes out to all the people who are affected in the refugee crisis. And also um, in the latest issue of the big reveal, which is out next week, I have a list of vetted charities that are working on the ground that um, you can donate to or buy things for that will go directly to the refugees. 
That's awesome. We'll put a link. Get that to Mitchell as well. Um, so Charmaine, same kind of question. You know, um, Charmaine has contacts globally as well as, as, as the other two. What do you see when you see this crisis? Well, you know, besides the obvious, right, of a, a world of people that are hurting unnecessarily, um, what I see with this crisis, you know, the issue is going to affect technology. As you know, Russia is the biggest producer of neon that goes towards chip production, right? So that's, we already have a chip problem. Mm -hmm. So now that's exasperated. That, that's the problem right there. So that's one. Um, but I think that this push, this situation is starting to reveal things to the Western world. The one thing here in our country, as you know, the green initiative, green, 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 why it's so important. I think in our part of the world and the other side of the hemisphere, now they're understanding the reliance, you know, on oil, on certain energies, how one thing like this can change the whole story and why we have to, in a way, diversify how we're you know, sourcing fuel, technology, everything. So I think this situation helps everyone realize how to not rely on one source. Same thing that's happening in our industry right now with certain parts, certain manufacturers, big ones that keep pushing back shipping dates because a lot of people rely on that one source. Yeah. Now that's opened everyone's eyes. This is the time where I think everyone is going to start reconfiguring, you know, multiple sources instead of just one or two. And they're going to get smarter about that because you have to. In this world today, we're not economies that are, you know, reliant upon ourselves. We're world economies. We rely on each other. So this, this is where I think everyone has gotten the big revelation. The question is, what do you do with that? Who does what with that revelation and how fast? And each government is different. You know, Russia, the problem with Russia is they have a lot of investment in our economy, as well as in economies abroad, especially in England, as well as Asia. They have a lot of money in our environment. And now with this happening, yes, it's going to hurt. And the other side of that is there are other people that we can turn to for other sources, but they're not exactly our friends. And um, we have to <laughs> reconfigure how we reestablish certain relationships and, you know, become better at working together in this world, all these different countries, everything. And, and it's just, it's a revelatory time. And we all have to take the right measures and do what's necessary to think not to come back to this place again. And I think that's what it's affecting, the thought and action and what, how do we do better and go forward and go beyond this plateau of being reliant on only a few things. Mm -hmm. John, you'll have the last word on this. You, you look at the crisis here and, and you look at the industry and how do these two interact? Yeah, I mean, my first response, Tim, is I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you can... You could try to predict, but you really, really have no idea what the impact's going to be. Yeah. And I think that the last two years have been insane on planet Earth, right? And if there's, if it, it feels like if there's one thing we all need to stop doing is trying to wait around for things to get better 
right? And, and begin to um, work together to come up with creative solutions to continue to move the ball forward and the things that matter in the midst of chaos. I think we all need to get better at that, right? Versus, you know, um, and again, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> this is, this is my, 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 my knee-jerk reaction. I think that the last two years have begun to emphasize how much, you know, what really matters and people matter, people matter, right? Yep. And the people in Russia, uh, that have nothing to do with this, the people in Ukraine. So how can we as an industry begin to, like it sounds like Amelia is doing some amazing things, right? How can we as an industry support? How, what, what can we do? I think also for the audiovisual industry specifically, it starts to ground us to a level where we recognize the value of what we do. We're not just bells and whistles and fancy blinking things, like we are communication. We are communication visually and, um, you know, and, and with audio and the value of that in a world in the midst of chaos. And I think that what you could even see through the, the, the end product of the last two years and obviously this war being, you know, where we're at is solutions that matter that aren't just like, hey, is this the coolest thing? But no, this is driving effective communication. This is connecting people. This is keeping people engaged and a part of communities. And so, you know, I, I think that in the midst of helping people and mourning with people, focusing on what can we do today to continue to move things forward in the midst of, of, of chaos and um, that we can't just hunker down and wait for things to get better. Um, we need to take action. I like that. That would be a good place to stop. Thank you all so much. Charmaine Torella from Barracks. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. How do people connect with you or Barracks? People can connect with me by going on LinkedIn and typing my name as it's spelled. Charmaine <laughs> Torella, T-O-R-R-U-E-L-L-A. Um, and I'm also on Twitter, Varics. It's my first initial, last name at Varics. Dot com and to the people of Ukraine from my Jamaican brethren, one love. I have a cousin who has a Ukrainian wife. So they got out and their family's yeah. okay. But one love to the people of Ukraine from Jamaica. Mr. Day, thank you, sir. Yeah, my pleasure, Tim. Uh, how do people connect with you or, or uh, AV Hero? Yeah, um, AV Hero, uh, avhero.com you need to connect with a local audiovisual expert anywhere in the United States. And I'd love to connect. Um, John at avhero.com, J-O-H-N at avhero.com. And it's been a pleasure. And it's Amelia and Charmaine. It's nice to meet both of you. And Ms. Coleman. Thank you, ma'am. Yep. Um, so Amelia Coleman, uh, my name, I'm at LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. That's my website as well. So hit me up there. And then also be sure to check out the latest episode of XR Star. Uh, the last one was on the Green Planet um, AR experience with Sir David Edinburgh. And the next one's about kids in the metaverse and safety when it comes to the new technology for kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're going to see Amelia in person again in Barcelona, uh, the 10th through the 13th of May. Now for ISE 2022, she's doing a, a number of different things, uh, including the um, Influencers Lounge. Uh, and so she's also doing a couple of sessions as well. Yep. I'll be hosting the Smart Workplace Summit too. 
Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters, but go over the website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find programs like this and a host of others, including Amelia's XR Star. Uh, our other weekly program is called Resi Week. Our buddy Matt Scott hosts that, looks at the residential side of the industry and all that and more. Also, check out our sponsors, the folks that help us bring you AV Week, Resi Week, XR Star, and so many others. Uh, I've said this for a couple of weeks now, and I'll probably keep saying it until the end of the year. If you want to see me in real life IRL, here's where you can. Uh, the next few weeks, um, we're heading to uh, Enterprise Connect, uh, which is the 21st to the 23rd of, of March uh, in Orlando, down at the Gaylord Center there. Uh, after that, if you are a member of PSNI, I will be hosting one, once again in the MCing uh, the Super Summit. And after that, National Association of Broadcasters, NAB, uh, the 24th through the 26th, the 27th, I think, of, of April. Uh, we'll be hanging out there. And then, as I said, uh, ISE and Infocom. And that's the all. That's as far out as I'm going to go, kids, uh, because there's more this year, but that's about it. So thank you all so much. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AB Week. <laughs>